Take your Bibles and turn with me this morning to Daniel chapter 6. Daniel chapter 6, beginning a new series this morning that we've titled the series, God is Able. And uh, I'll tell you what, when you begin to think about, you go through the scripture, you see how God is able to do all things. But just a good reminder to us that God's able in a day and time when people are, are reaching for answers and, and going through difficult times. And we'll be preaching through this on the next few Sundays. If you would please stand for the reading of God's Word if you're able to. Daniel chapter 6, very familiar portion of Scripture here. And we'll begin reading in verse 1. It says, It pleased uh, Darius to set over the kingdom 120 princes, which should be over the whole kingdom, and over these three presidents, of whom Daniel was first, and the princes might give accounts unto them, and the king should have no damage. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find none occasion nor fault. For as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. Then said these men, We shall not find an occasion against this Daniel except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Then these presidents and princes assembled together to the king and said unto him, King Darius, live forever. All the presidents of the kingdom, the governors, the princes, the counselors, and the captains have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of, thy, of any god or man for thirty days, save of thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing that it be not changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. Wherefore, King Darius signed the writing and the decree. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into the house, and his windows, windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. Then there came near and then they came near and spake before the king concerning the king's decree. Hast thou not signed a decree that every man shall ask a, shall, that shall ask a petition of any God or man within thirty days save of thee, O king? shall be cast into the den of lions. The king answered and said, The thing is true according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. Then answered they and said before the king, That Daniel, which is of the children of the captivity of Judah, regardeth not thee, O king, nor the decree that, the, that thou hast signed, but maketh his petition three times a day. Then the king, when he heard these words, was sore displeased with himself and set his heart on Daniel, to deliver him. And he labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him. Then these men assembled unto the king and said unto the king, Know, O king, that the law of the Medes and the Persians is, that no decree nor statue which the king established may be changed. Then the king commanded, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, Thy God, whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. And a stone was brought and laid upon the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet. And with the signet of the lords of his lords 
that the purpose might not be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went to his palace and passed the night fasting. Neither were instruments of music brought before him, and his sleep went from him. Then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste into the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel. And the king spake and said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God whom thou servest continually able to deliver thee from the lions? Then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. My God has sent his angel and has shut the lions' mouths that they have not hurt me for as much before him, uh, for as much for as much as before him innocency was found in me. And also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. Then was the king exceeding glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no manner of hurt was found upon him because he believed in his God. And the king commanded, and they brought those men which had accused Daniel. They cast them into the den of lions, them, their children, and their wives. And the lions had the mastery of them and break all their bones in pieces or ever they came at the bottom of the den. Then King Darius wrote unto all the people, nations, and language and that dwell in all the earth, Peace be multiplied unto you. I make a decree that in every domain of my, every dominion of my kingdom men tremble in fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and steadfast forever, and his kingdom that which, that which shall be not, not, be, not be destroyed, and his dominion uh, shall be even unto the end. He delivereth and rescueth, and he worketh signs and wonders in heaven and in earth, who hath delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. So Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. There in verse 20 would be our text. It says, And when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel. And the king spake and said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God whom thou servest continually able to deliver thee from the lions? I'd like to preach a message. Is your God big enough? Let's pray. Father, we come to you this morning realizing that every person in this room will face troubles and struggles and trials in their life. And I guess the question would be this morning, is their God big enough? So Lord, I pray that you'd help us to see that the God of heaven is able. Lord, I pray that you would speak to hearts. If there be someone here this morning who doesn't know Christ as their Savior, help them to realize and understand that you're able to save them to change their lives, to give them new direction, to point them, Lord, in the right direction, but give them eternal life in heaven. Lord, I pray every person here, Lord, that they would understand that knows Christ as their Savior, that you are a God that's able to do all things, that you do all things well. And we'll thank you and we'll praise you. Let's pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You be seated. We see a great demonstration of God's power in the life of Daniel as you begin to read through the book of Daniel, see God using him and empowering him and giving him wisdom about visions and different things. And, and God demonstrated great power through, through Daniel. This was a, another opportunity, another uh, point at which God used Daniel and his life to bring about the, his ability to do great and mighty things. You know, I believe that this world needs to see that today. I think they need to see uh, Christians demonstrate what the Lord of heaven is able and wants to do in their lives. 
I think many times what happens is that Christians uh, miss out on some of the greatest blessings of God and they miss out on many of the, the things that God wants to do because of the testimony that we don't stand for the Lord and we don't allow God to do great and mighty thing, things through our lives. It's because we're backing off and because Christians are unwilling to allow God to do what He's able to do in their lives. Uh, they won't step uh, out by faith and show uh, that our God is able. And this world today needs to see and needs to understand that God is able to do all things and He does all things well. We need to understand this. Well, hey, listen, God is, is able to, to answer any prayer. He's able to do anything that is needed in your life. And so many times we, we, we second guess and we don't trust Him and we don't step out by faith and we don't allow Him to show His mighty hand. We try to work it out ourselves. We try to do our own things. We try to allow a self to take over. When you read this and you look at this, Daniel could have played it safe for himself. Daniel could have done some different things, but he didn't. Look at verse 10. It says, Now when Daniel knew. Daniel knew what was going to happen. Daniel knew that the decree had been written and it had been signed and that anybody that asked any petition of any God or anybody during that 30-day period would be cast into the den of lions. It said that Daniel knew that. So you, you begin to look at that and you think, well, you know, well, Daniel, why did you do that? You know, hey, listen, he knew the danger. He knew what was coming. And I'm going to be honest with you. I think that he knew that those, those other presidents and those other governors, they did that to try to get him. To, to try to force his hand either to not pray and seek the God of heaven or to be able to uh, accuse him and get him cast into the den of lions. Daniel knew. But you know what? He could have fell into line and waited the 30 days. I mean, let's, let's just get real honest. Let's get real honest here for a minute. Wouldn't it be tempting to say, hey, you know what? If you pray to the God of heaven... Next 30 days, we're going to cast you in a den of lions. There's some temptations that come here. You think, you know what? God knows that I love Him. God knows I believe in Him. God knows that, that I've put my faith and trust in Him. So watch 30 days. I'll wait 30 days. He could have done that. He could have waited. He could have said, you know what, this is not, this is not, a, this is not a, a, a devastating thing. 30 days, what's the big deal about 30 days? It wasn't like they said 30 years or never again. They said 30 days. He could have done that. But what Daniel knew that, hey, listen, I'll tell you what it is. It's a, a testimony to the wicked. It was a testimony that David or that Daniel had that he continued to pray unto the Lord to those wicked uh, uh, presidents and governors who, who, who had that decree written and to everybody else that was watching. It's proof that God is real in your life. It shows your life is about the Lord and uh, the, the God that you say that you serve and, and not about you. It's proof that you believe God's hand is able to do things. It's proof that you really believe in God. There's going to come some things in your life, in every Christian's life, that you're either going to stand up and say, I'm going to show that I truly believe in God and trust Him. Or you say, well, you know what? It's just 30 days. It's just 30 days. Daniel knew. 
It's saying the God of heaven is my king and that he's my Lord. You know what? This world needs to see that today. That's the problem. We're all willing to wait the 30 days. We're all willing to put it off. He could have closed the windows. It said the windows were open. It says, and his windows being open in the chamber towards Jerusalem. And that's how they prayed. They, they would pray towards Jerusalem. And, and as the custom was, they would open the windows towards the, uh, uh, Jerusalem. And he would kneel down there and he would pray. And it said that he, he did it anyway. He prayed anyway. He could have closed the windows. And those windows in that day were not glass windows. Those would have been like what we call shutters. And that you could not have seen through, and they would have, he could have closed those shutters, and no one could have seen inside of his house, and he could have knelt down and prayed, and nobody would have known anything. He could have closed the shutters. But Mark chapter 8, verse 38 says, Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. You know, it's kind of like this. You go out to eat and you, you're sitting in a restaurant somewhere and, and you always pray before you eat and, and uh, you're looking around and, and people for some reason are looking at you. It always seems that way about time to pray, isn't it? And uh, so you're thinking, man, if I bow my head and pray here, they're all going to know it. So you take your napkin and you look at everybody and say, okay, get ready. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your food. Amen. You stick it back in your butt, you know, tuck it in. Daniel could have closed the windows. But you know what? Daniel was not ashamed of the God that he served. Daniel was not ashamed to the fact that he prayed. He was not ashamed and he was not afraid for people to see him praying. Yeah, but preacher, that meant... He could have closed the windows for 30 days. It's just 30 days. Yeah. But then he would have been hiding. We've got too many Christians today that are hiding Christians. Playing hide and seek. Undercover agents, you might call them. Like the fellow that got saved and, and, everything, and, and he was always afraid about what people might think or say and got saved and one Sunday and he, he went through the week and, and he come back and, and, uh, and, and the preacher said, well, how'd it go this week? He said, it went great. Nobody found out. We should never be ashamed of the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives. Should never be ashamed to take a stand for him and to live for him. And so Daniel, he, 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 he went ahead and prayed with the windows open. In the Psalms, the Psalm says in Psalms 31.1, he says, In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in thy righteousness. The psalmist says in Psalms 31.17, he says, Let me not be ashamed, O Lord, for I have called upon thee. Let the wicked be ashamed. And let them be silent in the grave. 
Hey, one of the things that this world needs to, to realize, hey, listen, we're not ashamed of the Lord Jesus Christ. He died on the cross for us, and, and we're not going to cow-cow down and, and, and go hide in some uh, 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 a little room uh, just to, to appease them. I remember several years ago there was a man that, and they, and they was doing, street, doing some street preaching down in southeast Missouri, down Piedmont, and, and he was staying there preaching, and, and a car came by, and, and a guy had his window down. He said, hey, keep that in the church house. Can I tell you something? The Christian life is not about keeping it in the church house. Christian life is to shine a light wherever you go. What good would it be to put a lighthouse out in a terrible rocky place where, where the shoreline is and, and where ships are wrecking and then enclose the light and, and run the light the whole time, but enclose it so that no one can see the light? You see, you and I are to be like a lighthouse in this dark world warning people of the pitfalls of, of hell. Because they may wind up in, in, that, in that rocky waters and destroy their lives. And so, hey, listen, we're, we're not here to keep it in the, in the, in the, in the, in the church house or, or to close the windows and the doors on it. That's why we, we go ahead and stream the services and, and say what we say and preach what we preach. Because we should not be ashamed of the gospel of, of Jesus Christ. Daniel could have changed his time and place of prayer to keep from being found out about. They knew, they knew his schedule. Three times a day he prayed. He prayed at the same time every day. Daniel could have thought, I'm going to go ahead and pray. I'm still going to keep the windows open. But I'll change the time that I pray so that they, don't, they can't catch me. They'll be expecting me to pray at this time and this time and this time. So I'll change my time so that, uh, so that they can't catch me. In Hebrews 13, 6, it says, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my help, helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Not being afraid. You know, there's a lot of stuff happening in this day and time, and, and I, I watched a video of a church being attacked in, in, in New York City. A Baptist church up there being attacked because people were having church. And they were attacking. You say, oh, when was this? Last week. Last week. And they were trying to shut the church down. They were hollering some most obscenities and nasty stuff and 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 calling uh, you say, Well, it was it was uh, it was a evidently that church was racial. No, because it was a church of of mixed of, of mixed color. But you know what the preacher said? He said, we're having church. We're having church. We're not ashamed of the gospel. Christians need to come to a place in their lives where they realize the God of heaven is able and that there's no need to fear man. But preacher, he still got thrown into the den of lions. Doesn't matter. God was still in control, wasn't he? It's time that we must realize that we're to obey God first and foremost. In the book of Acts, chapter 5, and verse 27 says, And when they had brought them, they set them before the council. Talking about the disciples here and the high priest because they've been preaching the gospel. Saying, Did not we straightly command you that ye should not teach in this name? We're talking about Jesus' name. 
And behold, that ye have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us? Then Peter and his other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. I'll tell you something. We ought to obey God rather than men. I'm not talking about going out and trying to cause a problem. I'm just talking about, folks, we've got to obey God. We've got to live for the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because he's able to take care of every need that you've got in your life. Daniel knew the risk, but he knew that God was able. He knew the risk. Again, there in verse 10, it says, now when Daniel knew. But if you go down to the, to the last part of that verse, in verse 10, he says, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. You know what? He said, doesn't matter what the decree is. I'm going to do what I've always done. I'm going to worship God. I'm going to pray. doesn't matter whether it's popular. I'm still going to pray. I'm still going to worship God. I'm still going to serve the Lord. It doesn't matter what men say. I'm still going to serve God. And so he, he knew the risk, but he knew that God was able to take care. If you begin to go back through the history of, of Daniel's life before this even, you can see how that God delivered him when he was taken captivity into Babylon and how that God gave him favor with, with uh, uh, one of the leaders there that was over him and, and, and different things that took place and how that God used and, and worked in Daniel's life. Daniel knew that God was able to, to deliver him from the mouth of the lions. You say, preacher, did he know that God would? No, he didn't know that God would. He knew God was able. That's our problem today. We're saying, I want to know that He will. No, you need just to know that He's able. The choice is up to Him whether He does or not. Well, preacher, and we hear this. Well, if He was really God, then He would do something about the decree and get it taken care of so that I wouldn't be in danger of that. No, God wants us sometimes to go through the lion's den so that He can magnify Himself and so that people can see that He is able to deliver us out of the mouth of the lion, that He is able to do all things well, that He is able to protect you, that He is able to provide for you. And to show this world that, hey, listen, there's some Christians who believe in God. Even when things head to the lion's den. We need Christians who are, who are willing to believe and trust God. Even when we're headed to the lion's den. Even when we go through the struggles of this life and the problems that face us. And, and when things don't uh, agree with the Bible, that we still stay with the Lord and, and still follow Him. Look here, it didn't change how He prayed. And he prayed and gave thanks before God as he did aforetime. It didn't change how he prayed. You know what I'd probably been doing? Oh, God, you've got to do something about it. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, I wouldn't have been thanking God for nothing. I'd have been boo-hooing. I'd have been crying. I'd have been saying, oh, God, would you cause all those lions to die? They can't get any before the 30 days is up. It said he prayed as he did aforetime. And he gave thanks, even like he did before the problem even came. He still gave thanks the same way. That's how he prayed. He wasn't praying in fear and despair. He gave thanks even with the knowledge that he was probably going to be thrown in the lion's den. He knew it in his mind. He knew that he was headed for the lion's den. And yet he kept giving thanks and 
praying as he did before. But what made the difference there? Why could he pray that way? Well, the same thing that will make a difference in your life and my life when we pray is when we begin to understand that God's able. That God's able to deliver. That God's able to meet the need in our lives. This wasn't the first time, as I said, uh, first test of faith and, and seeing God was able. So why back down now, he probably thought. I've seen the hand of God. I know what God can do. Many times, Christians, we forget that God is able. And we forget about, hey, listen, He saved my soul from hell. He's, he's made a way for me to go to heaven. It doesn't matter what happens here. And, and, and if I get thrown in the lion's den and I die, you know what? I get to go to heaven sooner. Oh, but preacher, I, you know, I, I know I'm going to heaven, but I'm just not ready to go on the next load. You know what? God's able. But many times we forget how He's delivered us in the past and He's answered prayer. You know, we treat God kind of like a spare tire sometimes. We just drag Him out when we need Him. And we forget about all the good times and all that He's done and He's blessed in our lives and how He's changed our lives and, the, and how He's met the needs. And, and so we just kind of push that away. We forget how God is able. The reason we forget is because we have taken for granted what the Lord has done. I think many times we get to a place, yeah, we were excited at first when we got saved. We were excited when we see God deliver us in something. But then we kind of forget. And we begin to take it for granted. So, well, preacher, how can we not forget? Hey, listen, we need, on a regular basis, we need to thank the Lord. And like Daniel did, he gave thanks as he did aforetime. He evidently was thanking God continually for the hand of God and the blessings of God and the mercy of God. And so we need to continually in our lives worship Him and, and stay close to Him and walk with Him and give Him thanks and magnify Him. Hey, listen, uh, we failed to worship and thank Him for those things on a regular basis and before long we take it for granted and, and we no longer, when the difficulties come, we, 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 we begin to back off and we're afraid to stand and we forget that He's able. The psalmist said in Psalms 29, he says, Give unto the Lord the glory. Do unto His name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Well, I'll tell you what, Christians need to get back to worshiping the Lord and magnifying Him in their lives and they begin to understand that God is able to do all things and He does all things well. You know, you look at the whole picture here, things seemed hopeless for Daniel. Even the king wasn't able to deliver Daniel. You know what, we look at, at things from a human standpoint. That's just the way we are. Sometimes we look around, we see problems, we see difficulties in our lives or in the lives of others, and we're looking at it many times from a human standpoint. And it looked pretty hopeless here because the king wasn't able to deliver Daniel. He said, but he was the king, but he wasn't able to deliver Daniel. Look here in verse 14, it says, Then the king, when he heard these words, was sore displeased with himself. And notice what he did. It says, And he set, set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. He said, I've got to find a way. There's got to be a way that I can keep him from going to the lion's den. So he set his heart. Here's the king of all the land. He said, there's got to be a way. I'm king. There's got to be a way that I can deliver him. And he labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him. 
He probably had some of his men there with the, he said, bring the law books, bring the law books, bring, bring my best lawyers, bring the best ones that, that know the laws and stuff, and, 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 and bring the crooked ones. We'll use them too. Find me a way to deliver Daniel. They searched the books and searched the books and searched the books and searched the books. And even the crooked one said, we can't find any way of doing it. Then these men assembled unto the king and said unto the king, verse 15, Know, O king, that the law of the Medes and Persians is that no decree nor statute which the king established may be changed. And the king couldn't even change his own statute or decree. He couldn't deliver Daniel. It looks pretty hopeless. I don't know about you, but, you know, I'd be a little bit worried about going into a lion's den. It would seem pretty hopeless. <laughs> Somebody put, put up a video. I've seen it. And this, these people were, I guess, going through this uh, drive-through safari deal where the animals running wild and kind of wild there. They got them in there and, and everything. And there was a bunch of lions and lionesses laying around there. And, and they were... You know, they was in the car. They had the window down. And of course, oh, look at the, look at the, look at the kitty cat. Here, kitty, 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 kitty. You know, and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> this lion got up and started walking over. Got up close to the car. And he rolled the windows up. And next thing you see, you see that lion's head go down like that, and you see head come back. And that lion grabbed a hold of that handle on that door and pulled the handle on that door, and that door opened up. You, hear, you see a lot of scrambling and you, the, the camera, that the phone that they're using going like this here. And next thing you see, you see the door shut. Boom. <laughs> that had been pretty scary. I mean, lions have been watching YouTube videos on how to open car doors. <laughs> Shows you always have your doors locked. Amen. But I cannot imagine the fear that there would be of knowing that you're going into a lion's den. The king couldn't deliver him. Daniel couldn't deliver himself. Those men thought that they had finally got rid of Daniel. Their well-devised plan had worked to get Daniel thrown into the lion's den. Can I tell you of another well-devised plan? Satan has a well-devised plan to destroy your life. Satan has a well-devised plan, if you're not saved this morning, to keep you from getting saved and, and cause you to be cast into a, a den called hell forever and ever and ever. The Christian Satan also has a well-devised plan to, even though after you've got saved, to try to destroy your life, get you out of church, get you out away from the things of God, get you away from the Word of God, and he'll work on your mind, he'll work in your heart, and he'll begin to try to pull and work his way, and he's got a decree that seems like it's hopeless and, can't, and you can't get out of it. There was a well-devised plan by Satan one day. It works... It seemed like he nailed the Son of God to a cross. He laid him in a tomb, dead. But my friend, on the third day, that plan began to unravel. Jesus Christ kicked that stone away and come out of there. 
My friend, I want you to understand that that well-devised plan came unraveled. Preacher, I don't understand. You see, Jesus came out of there. He came forth of that grave, conquering death, hell, and the grave for you and me that we could be saved. And that well-devised plan that Satan had to destroy your soul in hell was ruined. Why, preacher, why? You see, what seemed hopeless for you and me in our sin and our wickedness is now changed because God is able. God is able. In fact, in Hebrews 7, 25, it says, Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come to God by him, seeing he liveth to make intercession for them. He's able to save your soul this morning. If you know Jesus Christ, and if you are saved, hey, listen, he was able to save your soul because he went to Calvary in your place, died for your sin and for my sin. Oh, what a wonderful God that we serve. He's able to save your soul instead of just you just dropping off into, into the, uh, the, 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 the pits of hell forever and ever that Satan wants to destroy you. And Jesus came and he died in your place, in my place, and took your sin and my sin, and he took it to the cross and somebody had to die for sin and he died for you and me and he rose again on the third day and through his precious blood he made it possible because he's able to save us to the uttermost this morning. He's able. He's able. What seemed hopeless got changed. This morning he wants to save your soul. He said, preacher, you don't know what's happened in my life. You don't know what I've done. Don't have to. He's able. I've heard people tell me, preacher, I went too far, I can't get saved. I want you to know something, he's able this morning. People say, well, you know, I'm saved, preacher, but I've got too far away from God. No, you don't understand. He's able to cleanse you from all sin. He's able to put your feet back on solid rock. He's able to establish your going. He's able to make that clean which was dirty. He's able to restore that fellowship with him. He's able to do great and mighty things in your life this morning. Darius had seen the Lord in Daniel before this ever happened, and he felt God was able to deliver him. Look in verse 16. It says, Then the king commanded, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, Thy God, thy God. He knows that he's got a different God. He said, Daniel, thy God, not these people's God. And apparently not even his God at that time. He said, thy God, whom thou, notice what he says, whom thou servest continually. He said, you didn't even stop when the decree went out. He said, you just kept on. Thy God, whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. He said, I can't deliver you. He said, I've watched your life. I've seen and I've heard of great things that your God has done in your life and for other people. He said, I've seen this. He said, if there's one thing about it, Daniel, he said, you've served your God continually and he's able to deliver you. He said, he'll deliver you. He'll deliver you. Darius knew that Daniel served the living God of heaven. Boy, I'll tell you what. What a testimony. What a testimony. Could that be said this morning? People notice that you live for Jesus Christ continually. Not that you just go to church. 
but that you live for Jesus Christ continually, not just now and then when it's convenient? Could it be said in your life as people, maybe your, your children or your grandchildren or, or your neighbors or your co-workers, they, when they look at you and say, there's one thing about them, they live for God all the time. All the time. They're not perfect, but they're living for God all the time. That's more than just Sunday morning Christianity. That's living for the Lord daily. Our lives should have that type of testimony with the world where they can see that the Lord is able through our lives to do great and mighty things, including changing their lives. They need to see that. You know what? The reason I got saved is because of somebody else's life. I I went to church. I tried to be... Obedient to my parents, I tried to obey the teachers, I tried to obey the laws of the land. But there was something missing in my life. You want to change that? I seen somebody else's life that lived continually. Lord, it made a difference. The Lord should be able to reveal Himself in you and me and he ought to be able to reveal himself in, the, in your lion's den just like he did Daniel's. I don't care who you are. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter your status as far as money and houses and lands and all the things, the popularity and all that. You're going to have your lion's den. You're going to have your lion's den. But here's the question. Will people see your God in you when you're in the lion's den. Will they see your God in the lion's den? Because it's going to be there. There's going to be struggles. There's going to be difficulties. And oh, how they need to see it there. There in Daniel chapter 6, verse 25. He says, Then Darius wrote unto all the people, nations, and languages, and dwell in all the earth, Peace be multiplied unto you. And notice what he says, I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom, men tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God, steadfast forever. His kingdom that which shall not be destroyed. And his dominion shall even be, uh, even unto the end. He delivereth and rescueth. He worketh signs and wonders in heaven and in earth. Who hath delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. Darius said, I want to tell you about somebody. There's a God in heaven. There's a God that's done great things. Darius said, the God that Daniel serves is able. You put a blank out there and you fill in the rest of it because he's able. So could I ask you this morning, how big's your God? 
That's the title of the message. How big's your God? Then I'm going to ask you, is he able? You see there in verse 20, it says, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God whom thou servest continually? And notice the word there, able to deliver thee from the lions. If you take out some of the description there, it would read like this. Is thy God able? Is thy God able? What's your lion's den this morning? Sitting here this morning, what is your lion's den? What's the difficulty that you're facing? What's the struggles in your life? What's your lion's den this morning? Are you praying and giving thanks to the Lord as you should at all times? You see, you have a God this morning Every person in this room, you have a God. You say, well, preacher, there may be somebody here who's not saved. They still got a God. They still have a God. Every person has a God. And sometimes, even if you're saved, it's really not the same God. You see, this morning, you can be saved, and your God can be money. You can be saved on your way to heaven, and your God can be your job. You can be saved this morning and and on your way to heaven, and your God really is things, family, self. The list goes on. You see, God is who you give your life to, who you serve continually. That's your God. That's your God. Now, here's the question. Is your God, whatever it is, whoever it is, maybe it's the God of heaven. I hope it is. But is he big enough? Is he able to deliver you from your lion's den? There's only one God that's able, and that's the God of heaven. He's able. He's able to deliver. You know, in facing all that's happening with all the COVID and all the struggles, the riots, all the inequalities and different things, Is your God able? You say, preacher, where do you stand? I'll tell you where I stand. I stand with this book. And I stand with a God that's able. You see, this world has never been a perfect world after Adam and Eve sinned. And all through it, there's been struggles, inequalities, and difficulties. And I'm not saying that's good. I'm saying that's bad. And it's wrong. But the greatest need in America right now is not more legislation. And not more hashtag whatever on basketball players' jerseys. Not more politics involved in everything. 
What's needed is Jesus Christ. Preacher, can he handle it? Oh, yeah. He's able. He's able. But can your God handle it? Can he handle it? Oh, how we need to worship him and live for him because he's able. We need to be careful not to limit God by our unbelief because you're going to need him. Every person in this room, let me tell you something, you're going to need him because there's going to be a lion's den. Oh, preacher, I've been through all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Can I tell you something? There's always another lion's den. And you're going to need him. You're going to need him. This week I've talked with different ones. It's, going, it's in the midst of lion's dens. Several. Several. What's the answer, preacher? The one that's able. That's what's needed. In closing, Daniel rejoiced and he glorified the Lord. He didn't brag on himself, man, I had faith. No. Look what he did in verse 21. It says, Then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. And notice what he says. My God, my God hath sent his angel." And have shut the lion, the lions' mouths. They have no hurt. Uh, they have not hurt me. For as much as before him innocency was found in me, and also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. Then was the king exceeding glad for him, and commanded they should should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was was taken up out of the den, and no manner of hurt was found upon him, because he believed in his God. Why was there no hurt found on him? Because he believed in his God. Why didn't that? You know, I, 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 here's what I really think happened. He come down here and here's these lions. He said, Leo, lean that way. Jojo, lean this way. Ah, oh. oh, thank you, Lord. Best pillow, best night's sleep I've had in a long time. Fluffed old Leo up a little bit. Would you mind getting that mane out of my face? It's tickling. You say, preacher, you don't mean he was down there going over in the corner going like this? I don't think so. Those lines is probably going over there going, You say, where you get that? Said he shut the lion's mouth, didn't it? Their old stomach was probably growling. And they're going, Preacher, you're looking at all kinds of things that's not written in there. It said he shut the lion's mouths. Well, how do you get that? Because my God's able. 
Is your God able? Let's bow. Father, we thank you that we have hope in Jesus Christ. That our God is able. Doesn't matter what comes our way. There's a lot of things that's struggles today. A lot of things that is frightful and fearful. But I doubt that they rank up there with a lion's den like Daniel's. But even so, Lord, they are our lion's den. Lord, help us to trust you because you're able. Lord didn't say that you kept him out of the lion's den, that he didn't have to face the lions, but you shut the mouths of the lions. We're going to go through some lion's dens, Lord. Help us to trust you. Help us by faith to continue as aforetime and to not be ashamed of you not be ashamed of the gospel and not be afraid of what man can do. But help us to trust you because you're able. We'll thank and we'll praise you. Save the lost because you're able. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with your heads bowed and your eyes closed?